Mark Agile is an industry leader in psychotherapy and men's mental health. He's helped countless guys get back on their feet, deepen their relationships, and excel in their lives. Now he's taken all that he has learned and is sharing it with you. In each episode, Mark will interview an expert in the field of masculinity and men's work. We'll cover topics such as emotional intelligence, masculine identity, anger management, financial health, trauma recovery, marriage and divorce, ethics, and spirituality. Tune in and become a better man. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Mark Azulay, and I'm here with Alan Dumemso. He runs The Awakened uh, Man, which you can be found at theawakenedman.net, and he offers um, group counseling, group coaching called Band of Brothers, and one-on-one mentoring uh, that focuses on the hero's quest. Um, Alan, I always love talking to more men's work people. Um, I'm really excited to learn about you because your story is very non-traditional. You came from the culinary and cooking world um, and then found this work versus a lot of us that come from therapy or coaching or you know self-help to begin with. Um, so welcome to the show. Can't wait to hear your story. Hey, Mark, thank you so much for having me on the show. Yeah, it's a bit of a different, a different, different journey for me. You know, I grew up watching guys on TV, cooking guys on TV, like Graham Kerr from the Galloping Gourmet. And, and I was fortunate enough and really early in my career to be participating in with a gentleman who was a really a longtime mentor of mine, who was participating in the World Culinary Olympics. Now you got to think about this. This is in the mid 80s, early 90s, when I was doing this, there was no food TV, Bobby Flay, you know, know, Iron Chef stuff. So it wasn't really cool to be a chef, so to speak, because that stuff hadn't existed. But I found myself in this in this arena of such great and amazing talent. And I found out really quickly about just how much I had to struggle with overcoming the imposter syndrome to being in and surrounded with a group of guys. And I think that's really what started my journey, because not only was it was I embedded in that, but I had also just started a young family. And we had, you know, purchased just a home and things were starting to move forward with us. And lo and behold, after coming home soon after the Culinary Olympics there in, in the early 90s, that my whole life fell apart and ended up by getting divorced and claiming bankruptcy and losing everything. And I found myself in this place that I never thought that I would ever be. And I think for a lot of guys, you know, we have these ideas of the where our lives will ultimately end up. And we forget about all the other aspects of our lives that we still need to pay attention to. And so when life does throw us that kind of a curveball, it can be really hard for us to recover. And I found that that, you know, back in the early 90s, like I said, all that work really started for me and working on who I was as a man and how I could discover what it truly meant to be masculine. Yeah, that's a powerful story. I want to dive into some of the details of it. I'm curious, like, if you could, if you want to share, what led to the downfall? Like, was it too much of one thing, or a lack of something else, or you know, an outdated model of masculinity? What What were you missing? Yeah, that's a great question, Mark. I think for me, and I think it's probably true for lots of guys, is that we have this idea that we need to be the breadwinner. You know, it's that idea of preside, reside, and protect, right? Well, this this providing piece, when we focus all of our energy, and I focused all of my energy on on bringing home the bacon, so to speak, and and really focused on my career, and everything was was career driven. And I can remember making comments to to my ex wife, and by the way, she was my high school sweetheart at the time. and saying to her, you know, you will always be number two. And think about a man saying that to somebody that he says that he loves. 
And there were so many instances in my life where the values that I said that I had, that I valued family, that I valued being in relationship, the truth of it is that my actions weren't aligning at all with what was that, with what I said I believed and what I valued. And so when that came to fruition, and ultimately just she said that was enough and the marriage ended, I had to really take a long, hard look in the mirror and, and really wrestle with who I felt I was, what this identity, this persona that I had portrayed and what was the actual, what was actually happening in front of me. And it's a tough pill to swallow, I can tell you that. Absolutely. And I think one that a lot of men, like you said, they find themselves in these places, you know, um, I think a lot of men come to men's work with a story similar to yours, a divorce or, you know, an addiction, a binge, a near death experience, right? It's usually something like really intense that has to smack us over the head to be like, oh, wow, there might be something more out there. You know, and, and when I hear your story, it's, you know, a lot of men, I think we cosplay or we LARP masculinity, right? We, we try to, we try to pretend that we know what it is, but we don't do that inner work. And I, I think when it all falls apart, like you said, it's an opening for that kind of stuff. Yeah, it totally is. And I think it's, it's unfortunate, but we, you know, for a lot of us guys, we need the two by four, you know, yeah. treatment before we'll finally wake up. And there's, oh, there were always instances along the, on our path that where we're being nudged and things are happening, but because we take so many things for granted. And I think that's the other lesson that I learned in my life is that when we take different parts of our lives for granted, like family, like relationship, our health, another big part, right? We wait till the, to the last minute to actually go see a doctor to do anything about ourselves. And, and when that happens, you know, at times it could be too late for that relationship. It could be too late, unfortunately, for a health, health situation. And, it's a lot of work to recover. And so when we can be more conscious and step forward, and that's why my work here with the awakened man was really about being, how can we take purposeful action every day? Because if we can do that, then we can stay more present and be in the moment today, as opposed to thinking about maybe worrying about what's happening in the future, or what has transpired in the past. And so the more that we can stay grounded with exactly what's in front of us today and what can I do today to take a step forward then our lives are going to start to transform. Yeah, I like that idea of purposeful action. I know that's a big part of the way that you practice and try to, you know, instill that in other guys and really do that, right? On your website, you mentioned two authors, which I love. You talk about Jack Donovan and you talk about Marcus Aurelius um, in a book list that you offer to, you know, some of your members and, and fans. And both of them talk about discipline, right, in their own in their own way, um, yeah. and this idea of purposeful action and just like chipping away and keeping a pace, right, a marathoner's pace versus a sprint pace. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that's the key, right? And what I really like about Mar Marcus's work is that he really talks, really wants to dive into about understanding as deeply as we can about the things that I can be in control of and what I truly can't be in control of. And as long as I can, I can stay in that framework, and I, I can have more power, I can reclaim more power, and then I can also then step forward and be more assertive and take action that really means something towards a goal that I'm striving for, or something that we're that's striving for in a larger sense in terms of family or community. And I think that's what, what I really like about that, about Marcus's work, is that he's really makes, he really ha was asking himself through his whole life was, what can he, what is he really in control of, and, and how can he take purposeful action? 
Yeah, absolutely. Right. And this idea of letting things go that are not, you know, it's, I studied Buddhism for three years uh, extensively, and there's so much similarities between, you know, his meditations book and Buddhist practice. Um, but I, I want to pivot a little bit. So I'm curious, right back to your story, you hit this rock bottom moment, right? Bankruptcy, divorce sucks. How do you start moving forward again? I mean, how do you start moving forward from ground zero? Yeah, I think that, you know, that's a great question, Mark. And you, you just need to start by taking one step forward. And for me, the step forward was a friend of mine passed me a set of uh, Nightingale Conant tapes by Jay. It was a, set, a series by Jack Canfield. And, it's and the series was called Self-Esteem and Peak Performance. Mm -hmm. And I recognized very quickly that because I was dealing with this imposter syndrome, that it was a matter of low self-esteem. And I think when you can start to name the challenge that you're having, then we can start to tame that because we, when we leave it amb ambiguous in our minds, it can be something so large. And I think Jordan Peterson talks about that dragon, right? And going in and, and dealing with that dragon before it, has, it comes and deals with you. And, and I found that that was the first step was really working on who I was and what it, what it really mean, meant for me to be successful and not in, just in business, but in my personal life, whatever a successful relationship look like. And that's the, that was the start of the catalyst. And from there, it really, it really, I really asked myself, what are the things that I truly value? What are the limiting beliefs around that? How am I aligning my actions with, with everything that I say? Am I actually walking the talk? And when I started to do that work, then I recognized just how out of alignment in lots of aspects of our lives. And it's, I think it's true if, if, we, if we do that analysis, it's true for a lot of us that, that is, that's what we will find as well. I agree completely, right? And I think the classic masculinity is so limited, right? It talks about just what you said, it's like money and then maybe physical fitness, right? Like that's it, right? You have to be ripped and you have to be rich and that's what makes you a man. Um, I'm curious, like what were some of the values that you were out of alignment with or what are some of the values that you expanded into? You know, what did you have to kind of pick up the sword and start working towards? Yeah, a lot of the values that I had were about recognition, ego yeah. things, right? Attaining the next level in business, attaining notoriety for doing good work. And I found that that was, that was stemming from my childhood and where my father, I'm the oldest of five, and he had to work really hard to, you know, keep us all going. And I can remember many, many days where it was really tough at our home. And so I fought hard to try to get some recognition, get my dad to recognize me. And I didn't realize it until my family started to fall apart, like my marriage and all and, and that and how I was thinking that I truly value life or my family. But what I was really valuing was the re recognition and notoriety. And that's what I was getting for a while from my ex-wife. I was on this pedestal with her. And when that pedestal came down, I had nowhere to go but to fall. And I think when we, when we can recognize that those, how we, what we think our values are that are driving us and how we're actually showing up are probably not are not what are we truly feel deeply inside. And it takes lots of work with that. I find that my values have continued to evolve and change today. They're much more about, you know, much more about interior. Um, how do I, how am I feeling about this uh, certain situation? Is this what I truly want to do? If there's a decision in business, how does that, how does that sit with me? Is this, am I doing this out of, out of a position of, of care and respect and, and love, or am I doing this from a position of, I need it in wanting to achieve that next rung on the ladder. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but if it's the only 
reason to do something, you may want to take a second look at that. Yeah, I, I agree, right? If it's the only reason, often the motivation runs out before you can complete it because it's not coming from that inner fire. You know, some of the things I help my guys with is developing an honor code, you know, developing that set of values in ethic. Um, for some people, it's spirituality, right? If they want to go there or not. Um, I'm curious what, what yours are. You know, I've always had to with Jack Donovan's, you know, strength, courage, mastery, and honor. Um, and I'm wondering if you have a set of an honor code or an ethic or even spirituality that you'd like to share with our listeners today. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things that we that we look at, I ask all our guys to do it because I did it myself, was really do an integrity check-in and I call it an integrity challenge. And what we look at is we look at these different pillars. We look at our financial or emotional or physical or spiritual professional relationships. And what this does is really gives us a, a bit of a roadmap to see where we're weak in. What are we not spending enough time in, in understanding? And then from there, we can start to work on programs. And that's why the group program program is great because you can have peers that are in the same place and the one-on-one -on -one is as excellent because now we can really dive deeper into it and then from there we work on a set of uh, 12 virtues for that we run and I really like the idea of Ben Franklin and his characteristics and how he worked at wanting to make sure he mastered each one of these so we follow a similar format so this month the month being February our virtue of the month is being vulnerable vulnerability and how can we do that? How can we be show up and be more vulnerable? So I'm, I'm asking the guys to step forward. And can you tell somebody that you disagree with them in with a situation or a belief and still give them that space so that they can still exist, but for yourself as well, instead of, be, instead of being that people pleaser, because we tend to be that as guys. And that may be a difficult conversation, especially if it's with somebody that you truly care about, a spouse, a partner you know, a son, uh, a really close friend. And so we work at these different values, these different virtues, I call them, to give us a sense of how we can become more whole as men in general. Yeah, I love that you used conflict as an example for vulnerability, right? Because I think a lot of men are turned off by that word, word vulnerability. They think it's like, oh, I have to be soft or I have to be a complaint, right? Or I have to be a victim or I have to just talk about how hard my life is and that's being vulnerable. But I, 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 yeah, I just love that you came at it from that angle because a lot of dudes are nice guys, right? I think especially in my generation, the millennial generation, and certainly in Gen Z, the younger generations, like we don't want to be predators. We don't want to be hurtful to women specifically. Um, and we don't really vocalize our needs. And it's kind of a newer phenomenon, at least I've seen. Um, so there's this idea of, yeah, stepping into conflict and saying, hey, I don't like that. Or you know what? I've I've been sucking it up for 10 years in some guys' cases, and I'm not going to suck it up anymore. And we got to work on it. Yeah, I completely agree. And see, the, to me, the reason why that I think that is important for us to do is that we're very uncomfortable. Uh, I, I came, you know, I'm 57, and you know, at the, this, at the recording of this. And so the era that I came from, the, mo the mantra was children to be seen and not heard. And unfortunately, I carried that forward for far too many years. Mm -hmm. And so it was, it was scary to step forward and actually say something that you believe in, you know, and I'm sure you're well aware of the, the different levels of intimacy. And really what I'm challenging guys to be is really to get to that third and fourth level where we can give a personal opinion. We can share our feelings and our experiences about different things in life and know that it's okay, that we're going to be okay when we do that. Maybe somebody doesn't receive it great, but guess what? We're still going to be okay. It's not going to be a disaster. But when we don't even practice and lean into it, then we never really truly evolve and find out about those dark parts of our lives that, that we're so afraid of. 
Absolutely. Yeah. When I think about vulnerability, so, you know, a lot of my guys uh, come to therapy, right. And they're like, you know, I, I heard online, I watched a TikTok and Instagram that like, you got to be vulnerable with your girlfriend and then she can, you can get her do, to do what you want her to do. Right. Like it, as long as you're vulnerable, that's what they want. And you can give them that. And I'm like, brother, that's not vulnerability. That's like persuasion and that's manipulation, you know, and the definition that I use, and I'm curious what you think about this is a vulnerable conversation is one where you don't know where it's going to go. Right. You're just kind of putting something out there that is scary, that is weird, that you've been maybe lying about for a long time, that you've been concealing or, or omitting, and you don't know what's going to happen versus trying to like massage it into a particular outcome. Yeah. I completely agree with that. And we actually got into this conversation last night. Last night was our men's night. And we talked about be, as we were talking about vulnerability, we talked uh, one of the guys said that, you know, he's really working hard in his relationships. He wants to be able to share his feelings with his with his uh, partner. Mm-hmm. And two of the guys stepped forward and said, yeah, you know what, I did that a long time ago. But what I found is that's even though the women in my our lives want us to say they say they want us to do that, that's not really what they want. Mm-hmm. And there, so there was a bit of this this tension in the room now, because here's a guy thinking that and leaning into it, hey, I'm sharing my feelings, I'm sharing you know, how how I feel about stuff. And there was this great debate going on about how we do that and the, and the wisdom behind how we share that, how we share that feelings about how we feel about something, but not being this real soft guy, but being able to have some, some, some backbone within that. And it was interesting to see the dynamic of that conversation because I think there's a lot of validity in that and how we actually show up and share our emotions, share our feelings and our emotions versus just being, uh, you know, trying to lean too much into our feminine essence. I think that's true. I think it's a huge topic and it's like tone of voice is, is big and kind of what we're asking for our partners is big, right? I mean, we'll talk more in our next segment, but this idea that, you know, women want a man and they don't want a son, right? And I think when it moves into you being like a child, um, not you obviously, but the, you know, the, the, the listener, right? Being, being, a, being like a child, then they get kind of pushed away. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll dig more into that uh, when we come back from next commercial break. Um, Alan, great segment so far and listeners, we'll see you on the other side. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Men's Therapy Online is now accepting new members. Men's Therapy Online offers a solution to the lack of outlets for emotional expression, positive role models, and access to meaningful milestone experiences. In our post-COVID world, loneliness is at an all-time high. Men need consistent community. Our society is rapidly changing. Old models of masculinity are falling at the task of promoting emotional intelligence and meaningful connection. Men's Therapy Online offers tools and experiences designed to help the man who is struggling to balance traditional male roles and emotional fluidity. Whether you need to get back on your feet or take your life to the next level, Men's Therapy Online has your back. We help our members become a true 21st century man. A man who is not burdened by the rapid change of society, but who contributes to it honorably. If you're interested in signing up and finding your band of brothers, go to menstherapy.online to learn more. That's menstherapy.online. Start your journey today. 
Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency Podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to the Men's Therapy Podcast with Mark Azalea. To reach the show today, please call. 866-472-5791. That's 866-472-5791. Or send an email to podcast at menstherapy.online or visit www.menstherapypodcast.com. Now, back to the Men's Therapy Podcast. Welcome back to the show. I'm here with Alan Dumonceau, who is the owner and founder of The Awakened Man. Um, He's a coach, he's a mentor, he's a men's work expert, and he talks about the hero's journey. Um, Alan, one of the things that I loved about your website and your branding, um, you mentioned this idea of the return of the king. And we talked a little before, I'm a huge fantasy nerd. I played Dungeons & Dragons growing up, video games, all that kind of stuff. So any kind of Tolkien reference I'm all about. But I think there is something really needed in that idea of king energy. And when we last left our listeners, we were talking about how to be vulnerable, but not be weak, right? Or not be a victim. Um, and that is, that's a tough line to walk. So I'm curious, uh, I guess, one, how do you connect those two, vulnerability and king energy? And, and maybe broader, what does the return of the king mean to you and the guys that you work with? Yeah, absolutely. Great questions there. I think the big thing about being able to map to walk that line between being vulnerable yet having strength behind it is truly having, you know, again, we'll go back to Marcus Aurelius and talking about really being in control of what we can control and we can control how our emotions show up. And so as we dive into and start doing this work, we're going to recognize, you know, for me, I found very, very quickly that emotion shows up in my body first before I was able, before it was actually coming, uh, coming forward and, and manifesting in the world. And so the moment that I could recognize that, you know, when I'm excited, I get this little tingling going on in my stomach. When I get upset or, or angry, then, then I have this pressure on my, in my, in my body. And the, so the moment that we can recognize that, then we can start to get into control about how we want to be, how we want to express the things we need to. And so that's where we can really lean into, we can start talking about things that are important to us and being more vulnerable about the things that are, that, uh, that are of value for us when we can have that, take that breath. And that was kind of the work that I used to do for myself. And, and even to this day, uh, at some point is that if I find myself not in control of that emotional state, then it's time for me to take a bit of a break to come back and reassess. And so, you know, thankfully with my wife today that we have built this, this framework around where she can recognize that I may need a bit of a break before continuing on in a conversation and being able to have that and build that up in a relationship really helps you as guys, because we're not good at practicing this, to get better at it. And then we can become more, even more vulnerable by really sharing some of the things that are truly deep within our heart that are important to us. And so that she understands how she can be in our relationship and support that journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really well said, right? Because I think as men, we do have that predator 
predator aspect in us, right? I mean, like the human male is the apex predator of planet Earth. We've dominated the entire planet and we do have that hunt and kill thing. So I think part of being a modern man, at least to my definition, is not getting rid of that or demonizing that, which I think some authors certainly talk about, but it's it's harnessing that and and honoring that. Right. So like we might be in a fight, in an emotional verbal fight, and that hunter killer thing is going to come out. So I, I think like taking a step back, processing it, um, evolving it in a way to be like, okay, I really do care about this, but I'm not going to like say or do or God forbid hit somebody. Yeah. Right. I'm going to try to like channel this um, energy and intensity towards making a meaningful change in my life. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's lots of different ways that we can do that, right? Some, you know, some folks are, you know, use the tapping methods, others use anchoring methods, whatever it is that works for you that helps it. I'm more of an, of an anchoring piece. So I know when I'm having a high emotional state that, uh, and I can feel that in my body for me to get to, to tap myself gives me that reminder of, okay, settle down there. It's kind of like a, a father piece, right? And I'm not really to me is part of what I talk about really about this King energy and how we can show up. The King energy to me is that, is that energy that comes in and keeps things in balance. It's keeping the rest of the things in place, the rest of the archetypes all into alignment because without that, that figurehead, that piece that helps moderate everything, we can become, we can become out of control really quickly. And so I think it's important that we create these mechanisms and we build these ways to help us, these habits that help us move from states of where we're feeling out of control, where we can come back into alignment, and then we can have some purposeful action. Yeah. I mentioned you uh, were inspired by Robert Moore's book, King Warrior Magician Lover, which is a you know classic men's text. Um, listeners, I would encourage you really to read that book. It's phenomenal. And what he talks about in the um, the King chapter, right, is that there are two shadow kings, one being kind of the victim, nice guy, you know, weak person, right, that kind of gets walked all over. But the other one also being a tyrant, you know, going too much, right? And and being too commanding and too domineering. Um, so I, I wonder for you and for the guys you work with, how do you find that balance between, you know, being frankly spineless and being, you know, overbearing and dominating? Yeah, I think and you're absolutely right. We come there, the energy is really made up of three different pieces, right? And what we're trying to do is, is get that into alignment where we can be in the, in its fullness. And when we're coming from a place of where we're more of the weakling, that aspect of where we're always caving. And, and that was me earlier on in my second marriage, very much so with just more of a doormat. And one of the things that I, I always challenge my guys in is that if you're you going to use, the, use this as a, as a cop-out, this meaning, am I going to die on this hill? You know, or will this, what will, how will this matter in a year from now? Those are, those are really dangerous places to be in because what you're doing is saying is that you have nothing that you're willing to stand for. Mm -hmm. And so to pivot from that, let's go to the other side of the equation. So the tyrant would just push his values, beliefs, and systems on somebody else all the time. And so when you recognize that you're not allowing somebody else to ever have a say, or not ever allowing anybody else to have input into your life, then you're at that other end of the spectrum. So how do we work from both ends? We work from it by being aware, number one, of what, how we are actually showing up with that energy and what can it take, what can we do to move forward? So the weakling needs to be able to learn to stand up mm-hmm. and have and be vulnerable and say something that is important on their heart. And then they'll have to practice that and preface it. 
I would recommend not taking the most critical thing to discuss with your partner or somebody you want to discuss this with being taking something that's not going to be that much of a challenge, but still a bit of a challenge for you. And then on the other side, just instead of talking all the time, maybe just listen a little bit more and ask a question or two versus wanting to say something. And I think when we start to practice this, these different, put these different practices into play, you'll find that you're coming to more into control over the situation and you'll get a lot further in life because you're more willing to be open and receiving different information. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that it has very practical advice. And I think guys can, from either end of the spectrum, work towards the middle. And it's always wild for me. And maybe, you know, sense some similarity here. When I work with guys and they say like, I don't know what I believe, or maybe even more calmly, they're like, oh, I'm really good at being a chameleon. I'm really good at being a people pleaser or giving somebody exactly what they need so I can get what I want. But when you talked about the idea of having nothing to stand for, you know, when you talked earlier about imposter syndrome, I think those are the same thing, right? I think as men, we can feel like imposters when we don't have that banner to fight under, right? Or that family crest to defend or that ethic or honor code that we hold with us. Um, I'm curious if you see that in your work as well. Yeah, absolutely. I see that. And we actually had that very same thing came up about talking about being a chameleon. One of the, yeah. one of the gentlemen talked about that, about being in his relationships throughout his life was that he was always a chameleon. And then I think when he was saying that, yeah, a lot of us, myself included, we would, we do that. We blend in. And part of that is because we come from a position of of having this imposter syndrome. We don't know what we stand for. We don't know what we truly value and believe. And when we come from that position, just about anything's okay. And you're willing to go with the wind. But what you find is this, you have this emptiness inside. And, it's, and that's where we get this idea and this masking of all this pain and resentment. And it builds up. And then ultimately, what does it show up from? How does it show up for men? It shows up as anger. And when it comes up, it's because we haven't really done this deep work that we need to do to really recognize that we have things that we that are important to us. And if we spend some time doing that exercise, then we can recognize when we're when something's happening and why we're having a, an emotional reaction to it. Yeah, I just want to underline that. You know, another great classic men's writer, uh, Robert Bly, in his book Iron John, talks about this, right? And he talks about how, you know, the the old and toxic version of masculinity is you're out there and you're just getting stabbed a thousand times by spears, and you're like, look how tough I am. I can get stabbed all these times and I don't even feel it. And I think a lot of guys feel that. I know I felt that. Of like, yeah. I'll take that. I'll take the spear. I'll take the arrow. I'll get hurt. Don't worry. I'm a tough guy. Right. But what he says is the first step, and there's you know more after that, but the first step is picking up the shield and saying, no, don't stab me. Stop stabbing me. That is a first kind of masculine act. And then you get the sword and then you get the horse. And that's a whole other thing. But the idea of, of setting that boundary and saying no, instead of taking it, I think everyone men need to hear that, you know, because I, I know I was taught just to take it. And it sounds like you got similar messaging of just like, you know, eat all those shit sandwiches, just take your lumps, just swallow it. And that's what makes you tough, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it was the, you know, there was lots of, for me and my upbringing, there was also lots of shame put in around stuff. And so shame about how my, the, my mother might feel, my shame around how it might make the family look. And so when you get, but when you get raised in these in these environments and you don't know any better, then you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle because those old tapes keep playing. Mm -hmm. And the challenge with that is that we never truly get an opportunity to evolve because we're we're 
so programmed from these old tapes. And that's why I think it's so hard for guys to, and it almost takes a, a catastrophic event, so to speak, in order for them to finally wake up and recognize that why is my life the way it is? And I think when we start to do recognize that we can start to take some different action, you know, reaching out, you know, doing work for your, with yourself or joining a men's group. There's so much opportunity today that has never existed in the past. And so there's really no reason why guys need to struggle anymore by themselves. This idea of lone wolf uh, syndrome just needs to really needs to go to the wayside and start joining brothers in arms and move forward as a, as a community. Yeah. Say more about that, right? I know you run the group coaching, the Band of Brothers. I'm curious, like, what you've seen as the power of male community, because I'm very much in alignment with what you're talking about. Yeah, I find that when there's, uh, you know, even last night, as we get into conversations about different things and we start to unpack stuff, you can see that the lights are starting to get brighter in some guy's eyes. The, the mechanism is starting to change. They're recognizing a pattern in what somebody else is saying in themselves. And that doesn't happen when you're by yourself, because guess what? The same patterns have been playing, playing in your mind for as long as you've been on this planet. And so it becomes a really boring tape. It becomes the same episode. It's Groundhog Day. But when you hear a perspective slightly different from somebody else, you can now import, you know, insert yourself into that and go, yeah, I recognize that. And this happens in this scenario for me, and it happens in this scenario. And now this conversation really starts to get dynamic, and guys start to really lean into growing and changing as men. Yeah, I think guys need community. You know, I mean, so much of male culture was in groups, right? Whether it be the hunting party or the, you know, military squad or the work team or all that stuff, right? And and now with remote work and technology, it's been really good in a lot of ways, but I think it's isolated a lot of men. You know, there's this like powerful stat that I want to share with our listeners um, saying that 39% of men report experiencing loneliness every single day. And one in three men report that if they were in an emergency, nobody would help them, right? That's crazy. That's crazy. Nobody would help them. Um, so yeah, I, I'm all for community and building connections because I think as men, we we work better as a unit. That's what we've kind of been designed to do. Absolutely. You think about how the how everything and things have been the greatest things that have ever been created in this world has been created through group and through group participation. Yes, there may have been a single mind that started the catalyst and the idea, but it takes a group of people to come together, a group of men most of the time to come together and put all their energies together, their skills, their expertise, the experience, and really grow. And I always say with our group is that we're always looking to have, you know, three, we, everyone needs three mentors in their life. We need a mentor who's been a little bit further down the path and we are someone that we can, you know, lean into and, and get advice from. We also need mentors that are on the same, at the same place as us, that mentee that, or that mentor person that can go with us and help us and we can have that conversation. And that's really what the group program helps to. And then we all need mentees, somebody that we can help bring along. We can be that mentor too. And when, and that's what I really like about the group program is that those three exist simultaneously and in any given time moment, you could be in any one of those three roles. And when that happens, man, the power that in that group just is phenomenal. It's phenomenal, you know, and I think it, 
it expands the definition, uh, expands with the wrong word, but I think it brings in the fatherhood and paternal piece that I think is missing from the modern definition of masculinity or the current definition of masculinity that like we do have a nurturing side. It's different than feminine nurturing, but the idea of being a mentor, being a leader, being a dad is so critical to the male experience. And I'm really glad that that's starting to get talked about more because I feel like it's it's not, not, you know, again, with this lone wolf thing where we're trained not to feel that paternal instinct that we have, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I like that you're bringing it up, you know, this, this nurturing aspect of it. And for men, how that shows up is it shows up as, as uh, what I call it as a personal accountability, right. In terms of uh, what we want to bring forward to, to our groups. And so the key about that is being able to not be judgmental, but still having that com- compassion towards that individual and really being help helping them be accountable for what they're to do. And that's a different framework mm-hmm. than say that from the feminine aspect. Yeah. And I think a lot of men are over feminized and they actually spit out feminine nurturance because it's not attuned to them. You know, um, I think we're saying the similar thing. The way I, I kind of talk about my guys with it is it's the idea of as a male, you know, nurturer, you set the challenge and you coach the person to get there. Right. And you and you kind of are always pushing that right level of challenge where it's not going to overwhelm them, but it's also not patronizing. It's not too easy. And then you're right there. You're you're coaching them every step of the way to get there and overcome the challenge. Um, whereas I think more femme nurturance is kind of unconditional love, unconditional acceptance, you know, oh poor you, everything is fine, you're gonna be okay, which I think a lot of guys we actually don't want. Like we want to get better. We want to build skills in our lives. Absolutely. And the challenge with that is that, you know, we, we have a, what I see that show up is when guys have had a hard time separating, they're really divorcing themselves from the mother aspect, that, that invisible presence that still resides. And that's why you talked about wives don't want, or spouses don't want a son. They want a partner. They want an equal, someone that they can, that they can go in, in life with. But when we become that son aspect, and that's how we're showing up, it's really because we haven't separated well from our mother. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, the conversation is going by really fast. We're going to move into our final segment where we're going to talk directly to listeners and we're going to you know talk to guys about who want to take a first step along this path of becoming a modern man and an evolved man and an awakened man. Um, so I'm sure you have tons of tips and tricks and practices that they can do to get started today. Um, so if you're listening and you want to take a step, hang on in there and we'll see you on the other side. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Men's Therapy Online is now accepting new members. Men's Therapy Online offers a solution to the lack of outlets for emotional expression, positive role models, and access to meaningful milestone experiences. In our post-COVID world, loneliness is at an all-time high. Men need consistent community. Our society is rapidly changing. Old models of masculinity are falling at the task of promoting emotional intelligence and meaningful connection. Men's Therapy Online offers tools and experiences designed to help the man who is struggling to balance traditional male roles and emotional fluidity. Whether you need to get back on your feet or take your life to the next level, Men's Therapy Online has your back. We help our members become a true 21st century man. A man who is not burdened by the rapid change of society, but who contributes to it honorably. If you're interested in signing up and finding your band of brothers, go to menstherapy.online to learn more. That's menstherapy.online. Start your journey today. 
Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to the Men's Therapy Podcast with Mark Azoulay. To reach the show today, please call 866-472-5791. That's 866-472-5791. Or send an email to podcast at menstherapy.online or visit www.menstherapypodcast.com. Now, back to the Men's Therapy Podcast. Welcome back to the show. In this segment, we talk directly to you, the listener, and give you some steps that you can take if you want to become an awakened man. So, Alan, you were talking about this values assessment. Um, taking kind of like a hard, cold look at who you are, right? What you actually value and then evolving it and changing it to what you want to value. Um, So how could you walk somebody that's listening through that right now? Absolutely. So one of the practices that we do after going through some of uh, some of the the King Warrior Lover Energy since piece, we start to now dive into into what what do we say that we truly value? And so the assessment that we use is I have a sheet that they that they'll look at. It's about a hundred different adjectives, different ways they can describe themselves. What I ask them to do is there's five different create five different columns, and within each one, put half a dozen or so words that resonate to you. At the completion of that, then then what I'd like them to do is to distill each of those columns into one word. It could be a word that already exists in there, or maybe something else that comes out of that. And then also now they'll end up ultimately have is these five different adjectives of things that that's that they lean into that they that they feel is what they truly value as somebody, as a man. And then what I ask them to do is to write out three or four statements that encapsules. Mm-hmm. those words once that's complete and they'll have an idea now of what is something that they how, what they truly value overall in life and so the reason i'm asking to do this as a more of a broad piece as opposed to looking at what do i value through things like in our integrity challenge is to me it's really about who you are as as a man that's most important and so once they've created that statement, now the next part of this, that's the first half. The second half is how are you in alignment in t- today? If this is what you say that you, you value as who you are as an individual, where are you showing up in life where you're in alignment with that statement? And where are you showing up in life where you're out of alignment? Mm-hmm. And that becomes a really challenging task for lots of guys because now it's the first time for many of them they've, they've really dived into looking at oh, I didn't realize I wasn't showing up that way in, in different aspects. And so now we, now we sink in the, this integrity challenge. So how are you in alignment then with how you value yourself as an individual in your financial aspect of your life, in your emotional aspect, in your physical, spiritual, professional relationship? And pretty soon we get this picture of, they get, they get a picture of exactly how they're showing up. And for the most part, I find that 
we have a pretty fair balance between that we're not too terribly bad. Some guys are more critical of themselves, but if you're truly honest with yourself and you're in doing this assessment, you'll see that there's areas that you can work on. And that's really the foundation that we start to build upon reclaiming our power, our passion, and our purpose as men. Yeah, I think that's really well said. Um, got two comments, so I'll say one, then pause and <laughs> give the other one. I think the first one to go back to our buddy Marcus Aurelius, right? He has this great line, which is the soil doesn't lie. You know, and he's talking about um, gardening and physical work, and this idea of that all men should find something where it can't lie back, right? Either you, you know, dig the the, the hole or you didn't, right? Either the thing grew or it didn't. And when you talk about this brutal, honest feedback, I think it's critical. I, I think men, even though we might be afraid of it, I think we deeply crave it. We deeply crave like data, right? Like honest data about ourselves that we can then act on. So I, I like that your activity really encourages that. Yeah. And then, and I completely agree with you. I think we've had enough, we had enough tiptoeing around stuff in yeah. especially today's world where everyone is easily offended. And I think it's important for us to recognize that the only person we're going to offend doing this exercise is ourselves. And if we're allowing ourselves to truly be vulnerable with our, with ourself and look at it and get real facts, real data. And if you want to take it even further, you know, you can even, you know, after you've done that work, you can ask some people now truly practice being vulnerable and ask people about, Hey, how, this is what I said that I, this is my value statement. What do you think about that? When you, when I say that to you, what does that say what do you think about me and how I'm showing up? Do I show up like that for you? And be be prepared that you may not always be that person. And that's okay because it gives opportunity for us to really get some hard data and do the work that needs to be done because that's what the world needs today. We're tired of having people always being offended because then guess what? Nobody wants to do anything because we're too afraid. And we have to stop being afraid and start leaning into our lives. Exactly. We're too afraid of being judged. And we're too afraid of being canceled. And we're too afraid of like being fired, right? And just another pitch for you know group programs like the one you run, it's having a council of men that's trusted and that's established that we're all working together for the betterment of each other right? When you get that tough feedback, you know, it's coming from a place of love and care. It's not bullying. It's not hazing. It's not, you know, canceling, right? It's like, Hey, you said you want to be this man. You're not this man. And like, you know, we're talking before and how can I help you become that man? Right. Absolutely. And I think there's a, there's a Hindu saying that says, you know, you know, when you try help somebody else's, your brother's boat get ashore, yours gets across the river. So does yours go along. And I know I butchered it a bit there, but the idea of it is that when we help each other, we go much further in life. And so that's really the, you know, the power in group programs and why it's so important that guys to find something for them to help them move through this season or this phase in their life. Yeah. Yeah. The other idea I wanted to kind of throw past you with the values exercise that I also like is, you know, I think as a man is first starting this journey and putting his life together, we're often choosing between two bad decisions, right? Lesser of two evils. And, and I think the values can really help with that of, okay, if I'm going to sacrifice one thing, what am I going to sacrifice? Right. But as we get more successful, it's the opposite. We often choosing between two good decisions, you know, and it's like, okay, I only have limited time, energy, and resources. What am I going to commit to? Um, and I think it's, I think the values really can act as um, a compass, which I know you, you talk about in those tough ethical decisions, because it's very rarely a good choice and a bad choice, right? If it's a good choice and a bad choice, we're going to do the good choice every time. It's those difficult decisions that I think really can bog guys down. Absolutely. Because it's in those difficult decisions 
and those difficult conversations as well that we can lean on that on the things that we truly value the things that are important to us and i think that's why when we when we don't understand that it's why we struggle and having going back to the idea of the imposter syndrome and going to the idea of not really standing up for anything because we don't have anything that's in, that we feel is important to us or if we do we're just too afraid that we might be judged by it and and yes there's lots of judgment in in the world today but we can we can rise above that and we can be the model for ourselves and our families and our communities for what compassionate accountability looks like and how to change this model this framework that we're all living in today yeah I think there's a shit ton of judgment out there, right? But what I what I tell my guys is like get out of the stands and get into the field. Yeah. Right? Like once you're in the field, once you're playing the game, the stands don't matter. Like the judgment doesn't matter because you can always just be like, well, at least I'm playing, right? At least I'm like doing the thing instead of just judging from the sidelines, you know? Um, so I want to pivot a little bit. One of the other tools you talk about is the idea of setting a compass. Um, so I'm curious what that looks like for the guys that you work with. Yeah, so setting the compass is all about taking, uh, again, lots of reflection work and in the work that we do. This is about looking back on the last 12 months of your life and how did you show up in different aspects? What did you do that was creative and that really changed the world? What did you do that you struggled? What happened in the last 12 months that you really struggled with and that you're continually continuing to struggle with? And what are the things that if the if something hadn't happened, that you how you would show up differently. And what ultimately it does is I ask the this piece is that first half is to really have an assessment over the last 12 months. And then write down what would that headline of that year, this past 12 months, would look like for you. And now I want then, and so when you have that, you have an idea of what how things have transformed, how you've transformed. Now, what are the next 12 months going to look like? And they're the same questions, but we're going to future pace ourselves of how does the, how do you want to see the future of your life turn out? And what does that headline look like? And when we have this, it gives us an opportunity to set our compass or find our true North star that I, that vision, that I piece that we aspire to become. Because I always say guys come to our work from three things. They come because they're, they're fed up with where their life is at. And when they can take responsibility for where they're at, then they can start to take responsibility for who they are. And then ultimately we can take responsibility for who we aspire to become. And that only comes from doing some deep work and just setting the compass is a, is a, is a short little way for them to do that work. Yeah. I think that's really critical, right? I mean, it's this idea of separating planning and execution. I think so many guys, we can get caught up in the whirlwind of just do, 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 but never think about why or for what, or is it working? <laughs> is it even working? Or are we just busy? You know, Do we just feel productive even though we're not producing anything? And it does take a lot of courage, trust, and maybe even faith to like take a step back and really plan and then hold ourselves accountable so that we can then just execute and follow those orders that we gave ourselves and and move towards a higher purpose. Um, I think when we try to make these micro decisions every day, we end up fatigued and lost and, and stuck, um, even though like we feel like we're just running nonstop, but we're we're stuck. I completely agree. And I think, you know, that's why for us and, and for me starting and doing this, this work with the awakened man and, and really evolving it and helping it become more of what than what the initial idea was. But really, when I think about it, it's really about helping men liberate themselves because none of us need to need to be saved. What we need to do is be liberated from our thinking, liberated from our limiting beliefs around things and really liberate ourselves and be able to break free from these 
self-imposed chains that we put on ourselves because it's all the lies that are in that we continue to tell ourselves that keeps us trapped, that keeps us from moving forward. And we can and when we can break through that, then the world truly is our oyster. But it takes guidance. You need to do that with other men. You need to do that with other people to help you break free and see different perspectives. Because doing it on our own, we don't always see that. As I said earlier, it's that it's that never-ending loop that keeps playing that never changes the message. Yeah, you're kind of like in an echo chamber, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm curious as we're moving towards close here. What is one thing, maybe a, a mantra or or a question, inquiry question that the guys can take with uh, that are listening to this show that can help them, you know, stay on course as they're trying to evolve and awaken? Yeah, it's a great question. One thing I would ask them to do is that, and anytime you're ready to do something or you're thinking about moving forward, is to is to cons- complete this sentence: "I'm the kind of man who." And whatever you put at the, after that is really about the foundation of who you are wanting to show up as a man, who it's a reflection of your values, your beliefs, your integrity, everything that it is that it means to be masculine and a man today for yourself. And so complete that sentence. And anytime you're going to do something and you think you'll find yourself being more in alignment with what you truly believe, even if you can't articulate it just yet, but you'll be more in alignment and feel better about the actions that you're taking. That's great advice. Great advice, Alan. So where can people find you online if they want to hear more of what you have to offer or join one of your programs? Absolutely. Best place to go to is theawakenedman.net. Right there, you'll find everything you'll need to get a hold of us. You'll see that setting the compass. It's a free little workbook for folks to download. That'd be the best place uh, to find that information. Yeah. So check it out, guys, especially if you're looking for mentorship, if you're looking for coaching, if you're looking for groups, that stuff is is critical. I, I think every man should be in some kind of men's group or men's program. I think we really need each other now more than ever. And I think we need to, um, just like you're saying, Alan, like re- have the return of the king, right? Like return to some of those more traditional ways of being and kind of more um, ancestral ways of being that have served men for, you know, millennia, right? Um, that just got lost in, in this modern um, modern world. So thank you so much for joining us um listeners if you're listening in and you want to learn more about me go check out menstherapy.online uh we just started a book club that's going to be launching at the end of march um we were talking a lot about books in this episode so the first book they're reading is actually um iron john by robert Bly. so um it's not therapy it's just a place to come and talk it's open to anybody um if they want to join and be a part of this ongoing book club um because you know I think studying this stuff in community and not just learning about embedding ideas back and forth, but actually having accountability and action steps is really, really critical. Um, so check it out. Go to our website, menstherapy.online, and you can see information about that there. Um, so Alan, thank you again for being on the show. Mark, thank you so much. I really enjoyed the conversation today. Yeah, hope to keep it going. So I'm sure we'll see you back on another episode. Um, so everyone, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week on another episode of the Men's Therapy Podcast. Thank you for joining your host, Mark Agile, on the Men's Therapy Podcast. Be sure to tune in again live next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and anywhere podcasts are found. To support the show, leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. For more information or to apply to be a guest, visit www.menstherapypodcast.com.